grace to you and peace like a river in my soul. (laughs) Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a joy and privilege to stand before you and to say what all of us are feeling in our hearts, that it is our privilege, it is our responsibility, it is our joy to come together with each other in the presence of God to celebrate and to worship. Let us be called together to worship then as we read responsively from the 100th Psalm. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, His sheep of His Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him, and praise His name. Friends, let us worship God. Trembles at his voice 
The proof of God's amazing love is this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Because we have faith in him, we dare to approach God with confidence. Let us confess our sin together. Almighty and merciful God, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We are hearted against your holy laws. We have left undone the things we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare those who confess their faults. Restore those who repent it according to your promises declared to the world in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O merciful God, for his sake, that we may live a holy, just, and humble life to the glory of your name. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. May the God of mercy, who forgives you all your sins, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. As we are preparing to be nice to each other and give each other hugs and say hello, I would invite all of those here who are fifth grade and under to join your leaders at the back for Sunday school because the rest of us are going to say hi for a while. God bless. Be nice. It's always wonderful for me at least, I hope for you, to have an opportunity to be together at least once a week and worship to catch up with the news of what's going on in our lives together. And of course, there's always some news that applies more or less to the whole congregation. So we'll take just a moment to be sure that everybody's up to speed with things. Uh, first of all, I'll just let you know that uh, starting today, we're kind of moving into our summer mode with things. And the pastors are not going to be wearing robes and 
the choir is not going to be wearing robes. In fact, the choir will be going to their summer schedule. If you would uh, like to be part of the summer choir, it's a great way to try it out and find out if they'll be nice to you or not. But uh, during the summer, the choir gathers only on Sunday morning, rehearses some things then to do at the 1030 service. If you'd like to be part of that, you can speak with Juan Carlos later on today or sometime uh, this week. Uh, and so that's why yours truly does not have a tie on today. And I don't know, the mood might strike me later on this summer to wear one, but we'll see how that goes. Um, we should also say, of course, uh, that uh, today is Father's Day, isn't it? So happy Father's Day to everyone. Happy Father's Day. Okay, they were here at the first service. They got it. Y'all didn't get it this time. The nine o'clock crowd didn't do any better than you did. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Excellent, excellent. Now, I know if, if you've been part of this church for a while, you know that we include everyone in all the celebrations, but if you're brand new, let's just put it this way. You have a father, you had a father, you know some fathers, so even if you're not a father yourself, we can celebrate Father's Day, right? All good stuff, all good stuff. We're going to be starting a women's summer Bible study on the 28th of June, just a four-week class led by Dr. Ruth Grendel, and they're going to be looking at the genealogy of Jesus's grandmothers. Hmm, never thought about Jesus' grandmothers before, have you? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at. And then, of course, tomorrow our vacation Bible school starts, which is why some of the, the other stuff is up here today, and, and that's a great thing. We'll be talking about that uh, a bit more later. I do want to welcome all of the younger folks who are part of our leadership today, our youth liturgists and our youth choir and our youth band, and uh, also recognize your youthful senior pastor. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only good news is, for as old as I am, there's still some of you who are older than I am, aren't you? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There we go. We are celebrating now, kind of at the end of the school year, all of the wonderful children's and youth ministries that we have going on. And so we have Christine Hecker, our Director of Youth Ministries, and Michelle Yu, and our Director of Children's Ministries, to share a little bit with us today. Well, good morning, church family. I'm so excited to be with you this morning. My name's Chris Hecker, and I have the amazing privilege of ministering to our youth. Now, weren't they amazing? Can we give them an absolute hand? I learned early on that we had a very talented and gifted group of students, and I'm so grateful to both Juan and Barbara, our youth band directors, for working with our students for the last few months. It's been such an amazing um, past school year, and one of the things that is near and dear to the heart of our youth and our youth ministry is serving our greater community. So in the last my gosh, 10 months, we've been to Urban Life Farms multiple times. We go to Ladle Fellowship to serve the homeless and low-income seniors every other month. Um, we serve at Interfaith as well as New Day Urban Ministries. And it has been an incredible privilege to see our youth be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. So Michelle, tell us a little bit of what's going on in Kids Village. Right, so in Kids Village, we try to um, impart on the kids that anybody can be a part of missions. It doesn't matter how old you are. 
So in Vacation Bible School, which is starting tomorrow, we are going to be um, encouraging all of our kids from preschool to fifth grade to give their time and their efforts and even their resources to help those in need. We will be having a food drive for pet food. They're gonna be collecting cat food and dog food and we'll um, donate it to the Rancho Coastal Humane Society's pet food bank. The kids are also going to be making toys for the dogs that are housed there. So we just really um, want to show the kids that kids can um, be loving and they can serve their neighbors. They can do a lot for God even though they are young. So please be praying for us. There's a lot of kids coming and the leaders are gonna need some prayers. <laughs> There are so many wonderful things going on in the life and ministry of this congregation, and none of it happens without you, without your prayer, without your participation, without your support, without the things that you do out in the world for the sake of the ministry of Jesus Christ. We recognize that fact, and we celebrate that fact as we receive a morning offering. It's not just about making sure that your check gets put in the plate, but about making sure that we all understand that in offering ourselves to the work of the Lord, that the Lord blesses us. So the ushers are coming forward now to wait upon us as we present to God our tithes and offerings.
please be seated. Let us pray. Wonderful God, it is amazing to see all that you have created and be welcomed into this new day. We thank you for the safety that we enjoy. We are grateful for a place to live, food, family, and friends. We are grateful that we have been provided with everything we need to grow into your beloved, into your beloved community. Lord, there are so many in need on this day. We know you have already heard their cries and are already at work to relieve their suffering. We also know that you call on us to be part of your answer to their prayers. And so we pray that we will pay attention to that tug in our hearts and will come alongside them in their need. Help us, Lord, to listen. Help us, Lord, to notice. Dispatch us, Lord, in your name to the places of desperation. We pray for those who are young and have no one to care for them, no one to guide them, and no one to love them. We pray for those who are struggling with abuse physically and emotionally, for children on the streets because their home is not a safe place. Send them to us, Lord. Send them to us. We pray for the parents and grandparents who are stressed and frightened in which the ways the world is changing. Help them, O oh God, to know that you never change and that you are the steadfast God of today, yesterday, and tomorrow, no matter what comes our way. God, we are in such need of wisdom for our leaders. And more than that, we need kind wisdom, wisdom that comes from kind, loving, compassion, and understanding. Help us, Lord, to talk to each other. May your spirit guide our leaders to put their differences aside and work for the benefit of all. We are blessed to have the good work of your kingdom, Lord, and we are grateful to be entrusted with your mission and message to be your body here on earth. We lift up our voices with, as one voice with the prayer your son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lose us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Power and glory forever. Amen.
A reading from the book of Isaiah. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather his lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. And now a reading from the gospel according to Matthew. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put among them and said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Take care that you do not despise of these little ones. For, I tell you, in heaven, their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. The word of the Lord.
shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Snowball you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. heard that song before? Some of you have. That's great. All of you have now. It's a great new song. Great new song. I want to mention a couple things that are going on in the larger society as well as this church as we move into a consideration of the scripture passages for this morning. Um, first of all, the fact that that we're celebrating all the young folks of our church who are part of this church. I know sometimes we get stuck in our own little groups within the life of the church, and very few of us get to see the whole church. But this is a big part of our church, is our children's ministries, our youth ministries, and so it's great to have everybody in leadership in that today. There's also a broader context that we also bring into life today. I have to say that as your pastor, I've spent the last few days spending a lot of time talking with people who are ready to receive new people being born into their families, spent some time talking with folks who are preparing to deal with the other end of life as someone goes to be with the Lord and, and everything else in between. And so we bring all of our lives all of the things going on in us into this place where we put it all together and put it all in front of God. And of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention the fact that uh, tomorrow we'll be celebrating uh, what is a new holiday to some, but not a new holiday to others, uh, Juneteenth. I have a lot of people asking me about Juneteenth because it's not as familiar to many of us, but we need to remember that on June 19th, 1865, before most of us in this room were born, the Major General Gordon Granger of the United States Army traveled to Galveston, Texas to tell the residents of Galveston that the Civil War had ended a couple of months ago. And he also told them about the Emancipation Proclamation that had been passed a couple of years earlier, but this was the first they had heard about it. And we celebrate then freedom for all in America tomorrow. 
You know, sometimes we lose our way as a society. And we go way, way away from where God wants to be. And sometimes we lose our way just in our own lives. And so I want to talk for just a few moments about the business of being lost. Being lost. How many people here in this room have been lost before? I'm looking to see if there's somebody who's never been lost because I don't believe you, actually. (laughs) How many of you are lost right now? Okay, good, good, good. I understand, I understand. Some of the folks up here in leadership, in fact, pretty much all of the folks up here in leadership heard this story a little bit earlier But I might change it, so you need to keep paying attention, okay? Is that good? Is that good? Well, I was thinking about being lost as I was preparing for this service and remembering what really is probably one of my earliest memories, and that is about being lost. I think I was four, maybe five years old, and in the grocery store with my mom. And I remember shopping and having a good time, you know, reading all the cereal boxes and looking at the cool stuff being advertised on the back that I would tell mom that we absolutely had to have. Do you remember they used to do that on the back of cereal boxes? And I remember sort of getting, getting lost in, in, in just enjoying that experience, but then looking up and mom wasn't there. I looked down the end of the aisle, and then I turned around and looked the other way, and and mom was lost. (laughs) I was lost. I was terrified. I I remember being just terrified, because I was, you know, about this high, and I know I haven't grown much since then, but, but really that was, you know, that was pretty short. That's the way it is. It's a terrible feeling being lost, isn't it? Now, sometimes you can find yourself. I also remember running to the end of the aisle and then looking around, and and there was mom. She wasn't lost after all. (laughs) Sometimes you can find yourself when you're lost, but sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't. Being that this is Father's Day, we, of course, have to admit that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the men in the family get lost because they haven't consulted a map or paid attention to the little device on your phone and the, usually the female voice that's telling you where to go, right? Let's admit it, <laughs> right? And, and we need help sometimes to find our way. Sometimes we can make our way, but sometimes, sometimes people are lost and even lost forever. Think about how many times in in our culture, in our society, every day, we talk about being lost. We have a lost and found drawer up in the reception area of the office where there's all kinds of stuff that we think of as being lost. It's amazing how much stuff you guys leave here. Usually it's not hard currency by the way, <laughs> right? I was thinking about one of the great, uh, great um, uh, dramatic presentations 
from the early literature of our culture that talks about being lost. Uh, the show called Gilligan's Island. Remember Gilligan's Island? Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. You remember that one? I will not sing all the song to you, even though I know all the words, right? The crew and the passengers on the minnow are lost on a desert island, right? Now, I know lots of folks in here maybe have never seen that show. Lots of folks wish they'd never seen that show. I don't know. But, but every generation tells a story about being lost, right? Our younger generations remember the movie Finding Nemo, right? Remember Finding Nemo? How many of you have seen Finding Nemo here? Okay, you got, a lot of the younger folks have. You older folks, you need to watch the movie Finding Nemo. It's about a little orange and white fish and the search for Nemo. Those are kind of you know, light-hearted representations of this business of being lost, but, but every day you open the newspaper, you turn on the television news, and you hear about someone who's lost, someone who hasn't come home, someone who's been out hiking, perhaps, or sailing, and they're lost, and we don't always find them. The business of being lost is something that we all know about, and it's not new. People have been lost from the very beginning. That's why Jesus sometime talked about being lost, and of course, he spoke of it in a parable that's so familiar to all of us. That parable, that brief, brief little story, just a couple sentences worth where Jesus talks about the shepherd who's looking after the flock, the hundred, and one is lost. Let's look at that story for a few moments. I know it, it seems like a, such a simple story that it doesn't really take much time to understand what it means, but, but it really helps, I think, if we look at the details of that story from several different perspectives, right? Right? So often, we focus on the one lost sheep. By the way, when we were getting ready for vacation Bible school, I was told that we would have all these magnificent animals and things up here. Some of you might recognize. Chloe, would you hold up that pink thing for just a second? And I forgot the name again. What's that animal called? Axolotl? Axolotl, I can hardly say it. That actually is a real animal. It's kind of this salamandery kind of thing that lives down in, in uh, Central and South America. That's a real animal. I didn't realize it was, but I learned that yesterday, right? An axolotl. But as we were talking about all the, all the animals we were going to have up here, I said, are we going to have a sheep? And Michelle looked at me and said, well, no, we don't have a sheep. I said, we need a sheep because <laughs> we're going to talk about a sheep. And so we went into the church garage and, and we dug out all the Christmas stuff. And we have one sheep that goes with the nativity scene. You've seen this sheep before. This is a multi-purpose sheep. It's been with us for a long, long time. Thanks for being here, buddy. The one lost sheep. The scripture says that the sheep went astray. What does that mean? Why did the sheep go astray? Have you ever thought about that? 
Somehow or other, the sheep got separated, that one, from the rest of the flock. But why? Sometimes I think maybe it, maybe it got distracted, right? Got interested in a patch of grass over here, and the rest of the flock was going to a patch of grass over there. Maybe it just wasn't paying attention to where all the other sheep were going. Maybe that one sheep was upset with the other 99 sheep. You know, as they were enjoying life, something was said that hurt the one's feelings, and it said, I'm out of here, right? Maybe that one sheep decided it didn't want to be part of the flock anymore. It was going to go look for another flock, a more fun flock. I don't know. Why do sheep leave a flock? Maybe the flock left that one. We don't know. Why do sheep leave a flock? Some sheep are born into the world and they never really find the flock, the family of which they're meant to be a part. We focus on the one sheep, of course, because that is a lot of the focus of the story, but, but there's also 99 others, 99 others. Have you ever wondered maybe if they even noticed that the one was gone? right? Maybe they didn't care. Maybe they didn't notice. They're so busy with their own lives, they didn't realize that one of them wasn't there anymore. Did you ever wonder if the 99 were upset that the shepherd left them to go look for that one? We need our shepherd. We need him to lead us beside the still waters and into the green pastures, and now he's left us. What are we going to do? Did those 99 sheep confer among themselves and say, you know, the shepherd's gone for a little while, and so we need to work really hard at taking care of each other. Let's develop the buddy system, right? Sheep, pair off. Make sure your buddy's still here. We don't know. We don't know. So we've got the one, and we've got the 99, and, and then we've got the shepherd. Then we've got the shepherd. Has anybody here, nobody at the 9 o'clock service, but maybe here, has anybody here ever been a shepherd, a sheep rancher? We got one, we got two. Did you raise your hand? You didn't, okay. Anybody else here? I feel like an auctioneer, right? <laughs> right? Raising sheep is a lot of work. It's not an easy thing. And in Jesus' day, being a shepherd was dangerous because you were out there where you could easily be attacked by wild animals or, or by other shepherds that wanted your sheep. Being a shepherd could be very, very lonely. I don't know about you, but the sheep that I've known have not been great conversationalists. It can be very lonely, very difficult. Sometimes it's boring. Being a shepherd is a difficult thing. Now, I want us to think a little bit about the one and the 99 and the shepherd as we think about why it is that throughout the scriptures, not just Jesus, but so many other prophets and teachers and dreamers and preachers talked about the good shepherd and the sheep. Isaiah, for instance, while the flock that is Israel is being attacked and destroyed. Isaiah reminds the people, 
that God is a great shepherd, that God will feed and gather and carry and lead the sheep, not just the nation, but the individuals who live within that nation in relationship to God. That's what we confess when we talk about the 23rd Psalm and read that Psalm together, is that God takes care of us as the good shepherd. In Matthew, then, Jesus expands on that idea. And he tells a story about the good shepherd who goes to search for the one lost sheep. And when he finds it, he rejoices. Now, let me ask you, especially those of you who are business people out there, does it make any sense at all to leave the 99 to go after the one? I mean, shouldn't we be happy that 99% of the flock is safe and okay and just leave it at that and be willing to leave the one behind? That's logical. That's even rational. But that's not what God does. Jesus says it is God's will that not even one would be lost. That's how great and loving our God is. I know sometimes that when people are lost and feel like God doesn't care that they're the one and the 99 are okay and I've just been left behind, but that's not the way it works with God. The 99 might be just fine for a while, but still God's heart grieves for that one who is lost. And therefore, God goes after the one. Even in what the song just said a moment ago, a reckless way. I was introduced to this song a couple of months ago, and I was told that sometimes it's not used much in worship because people have a hard time saying that God is reckless. Sounds like God is irresponsible or God is immature. But really, are we going to say that about God? Of course we're not going to say it. When we say that God's love is reckless, we're trying to say just how incredibly passionate God is about each one of us and just how far God's love will go to find us. Maybe even as far as coming from heaven to earth, to live with us and die for us. You might have noticed that in Jesus' parable, as Matthew tells the story, Jesus is actually not initially talking about sheep and shepherds. He's talking about children. Children. He says, let the little children come to me. As a great teacher, as a scribe, as now a popular and powerful figure, he had no business paying attention to children. Not in that culture, but he did. Because children are just as important to God as anybody else. Are they still? There are lots of ways in our culture in which it seems that children 
are being lost today. We are told that the incidence of depression and loneliness and despair and sometimes, let's just say it for what it is, sometimes even suicide is increasing. Children so often seem to be forsaken by their parents and by a broader culture, parents who are too focused on themselves, maybe parents who are distracted. We're told from every quarter of society that children are more and more at risk today than they ever have been. And that grieves my heart. It seems to me that one of the jobs of the family of the church, especially those of us who are older in the church, is to look after our children, to look after those sheep who are in danger of being snatched away from the flock. I know we all are. I know we all are. But I'm so happy. I am so proud of this church as it reaches out in our ministries to say to all of you and to every younger person who's out there, you are important to us. We want to love you just like God loves you. We don't want you ever to feel alone or lost or afraid. And we don't want that for anyone in this church. We celebrate and we love a good God who is the great shepherd and then who invites us, who commands us to be under shepherds to him. There are lots of lost folks out there that God is waiting for us to go looking for. Sometimes they might be sitting right next to us in church. That's our calling. That's our job. That's our privilege. That's our joy is to reach out to those who are lost. And in that reaching out, sometimes we even find ourselves. Pray with me. Lord God, we thank you that your love is reckless, that your love is passionate, that your love is so deep that you will come after everyone who doesn't know you. We thank you for coming after us, and we thank you for giving us the privilege of going after others in your name and for your sake with the hope that one day everybody will be back in the flock. In Jesus, the great shepherd, we pray that prayer. Amen.
whole bunch of us just a couple weeks ago got back from a trip to Ireland. And those of you who have been to Ireland know that as you're driving through the countryside, you can't help but see sheep everywhere. Do you know, by the way, how many sheep there are in Ireland? I looked it up. There's 4 million sheep in Ireland. Not 3,999,999. No, there's 4 million. <laughs> it's easy to see the sheep that are there, but it's not always easy to see the lost sheep. We have to open our heart. We have to open our eyes. We have to open our minds. We have to open ourselves to all those folks that God brings into our lives and realize that they might be lost sheep. If you are one of them, please talk to me. Talk to someone. If you want to know how to go after lost sheep, I know a lot, not about that kind of sheep, <laughs> but that kind of sheep. May the Lord God bless you and keep you. May the Lord God make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord God lift up his countenance upon you and bring you his peace today and always. Let God's people say together, amen. Children and their children, may his favor be upon.